Hello team, it's Pam here from Alt Marketing School. I have a question for you right now and that is what would happen if you could market to hearts and not brains? What would you think would happen if you knew that you could make the world a better place with positive impact marketing but putting purpose and results first? If you want to find out, then come and join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Our six-week digital bootcamp for professionals who want to do marketing differently and advance their career along the way. Join me and our six incredible teachers to learn how to advance your career with confidence by applying effective systems and frameworks to the latest trends. The next cohort is coming up soon, so I would love to have you join us. And all you have to do is apply to join at altmarketingschool.com slash learn. Go to altmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply for the next cohort of All Marketing School certification. Hey, legendary human. Yes, I'm talking to you. Love the show? Why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds, challenges, masterclasses, and so much more? We help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content. So give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. Hello and welcome to Make an Impact Show, a podcast run by Creative Impact Co. Our mission is to help creatives grow their business, hone their marketing and share their stories by outstanding content. Hello gorgeous humans and welcome to a new episode of Make an Impact Show. My name is Fab and I'm your host and the founder of Creative Impact. And today I'm here with the gorgeous, lovely, fantabulous Amy. Hi Amy, how are we doing? Hey, I'm good, how are you? I am great and I am incredibly excited to bring us a long chat about everything social media everything connections and community which obviously we love to talk about yeah my favorite topic (laughs) that or food and that or food but both will be even better that's it would be good (laughs) but um what i love about what we're going to listen to today which is a chat with the lovely rachel from the wealth connect is that we really dive deep into how things have changed for social media and i think as you being uh, my port of call for everything social and community at creative impact it's mm. something that we always have to understand and I think analyze a lot as well. Yeah. And really see what changes. I, I think it's hard sometimes to talk to people and tell them what you think works. Yeah. It's not working anymore. And it works five months ago, but it's changed already. And I don't know if yeah. you noticed that too. It's the curse of the algorithm. Everyone says, like, whenever everyone mentions the algorithm, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, it does, it changes so, so often. You can sometimes see when they change it, but, and other times there's just no, no logic to it. So I'll be really interested to hear what Rachel has to say about it as well. I think there's an element of it, which is something that uh, Vicky, which we're also going to hear in the podcast in this season, actually, said, yeah. which is whenever you're on social media, you're renting space. So you need to understand that there's that element of, you know, share it for somebody else, but it really stuck with mm-hmm. me because yeah. it is what it is. It's that kind of element of understanding that it can be a medium to something greater yeah. and like the development and especially in industry, like we're talking about the wellness industry as that's the key core industry that Rachel is in, obviously. 
And as an industry that was so young and it changes so quickly, then mm -hmm. all the trends and the way that people are reacting and proactively uh, approaching it is different, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's so different. No one knows where this is going. No one knows how long it will last for. Like Facebook was absolutely huge. But now who really uses Facebook that much of kind of the kind of younger generation? It now seems like it's an older generation thing. So you just kind of like, oh, TikTok, what even is that? But that's coming up. So it's just constantly changing and evolving. Exactly. And that's kind of how I definitely see things going. And I think, again, being very humble, yeah we are the ones that want to help obviously the creatives that's kind of people that we help yeah. uh being on top of things because it's hard mm -hmm. even for me but obviously it's my job that's what i do every day is just being on top of what's happening and trying mm -hmm. to understand it and evolve with it and yeah. i think we need to appreciate that sometimes whether you want to listen to us and read our articles you want to go to somebody else but find the people that can support you so that you don't constantly have to figure it out yourself yeah. Um, because it is a lot more than what we can think and that's mm -hmm. something that Rachel also mentions as well it's mm -hmm. uh, it's okay things will change we are not as you say we're not in control of it and we're not in control of how generations will uh, reflect like on social media and trends yeah. you need to be able to be flexible with it which is sometimes tiring yeah. I think yeah you need to be able to adapt you need to yeah you just need to ask questions like ask for help um I think, yeah, don't figure it out on your own. Look for kind of sources for help and inspiration and guidance. So, that's yeah, something it's something to be employed. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of kind of education involved in it as well, I guess. So, without further ado, guys, I hope this inspires a bit. It makes you also potentially feel a bit better. And I'm saying this as in sometimes we do feel like we're the only ones struggling with something or not understanding why something doesn't work the way it was. It's not just you. We're all on the same boat. I promise mm -hmm it's going to be a fun ride nevertheless. If you, I think if you enjoy yourself and you do it with a higher, pur higher purpose and a bigger mission, yeah. whatever that is, you really can feel like, well, at least I am supporting other people in one way or another. So you're not alone. And hopefully we might chat with Rachel, with the lovely Rachel, where we actually, fun fact, hijack a meeting room and like hide in it, hoping that nobody will see us. Uh, <laughs> so there's a bit of like, oh, when we're getting in. Um, but I really hope it inspires you to get something practical out of it and also remember that it's okay to learn and change and experiment. Amazing. Thank you so much. Enjoy this and let us know what you think. Bye. Hello, Rach. You know how conscious I have to be about my laughing because okay. it, it kind of goes really up, like, hey. yeah. <laughs> and when you see it, obviously, you see the, the editing and you see this massive spike, this oh, mountain really? of my sound. laugh. It's like, okay, <laughs> next time, Fab, <clears throat> laugh like a normal person <laughs> instead of this you kind of practice your podcast laugh. <laughs> that has to be different, which is a shame because I think my laugh is, if anything, I remember, I don't know if I said this story already on the podcast, if I did, I'm sorry. But uh, I was working at one of my companies when I had, again, a normal job, quote unquote. And I remember we were on one side of the room, massive room, it was a startup, so massive room. And uh, somebody else was on the other side, and I started yeah. laughing. People were like, oh, I think Fab is laughing on that side. Because it was so loud. It was like, yeah, it's Fab there, isn't it? I was like, mm. <laughs> very loud. Signature laugh is a good thing to have. It's important. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Recognizable, if anything yeah, else. Yeah, for sure. So if people don't know where we are right now, we are 
kind of played in hide and seek <laughs> in Richard's co-working space, which is really cool. In the ministry. <laughs> just making sure that with like if anybody comes around, we're gonna be like, hello. We're just gonna like we can just stand still. We tend to be like mannequins. Just fit into the yeah, fit into the background. <laughs> just, sure. just think like, okay, no, that's fine or really creepy, we're gonna move on. Um, but that's the life of the podcast on the go. Talking about on the go, you just came back from being on the go. I did, yeah. I just got back uh, a week ago from Dubai. What were you doing there again? Um, so hosting and running Dubai Active Show, which is uh, the, the basically the leading fitness and wellness event for the Middle East. Um, so yeah, I've uh, been working on it for just over a year now, and this was kind of the big finale. So I've been flying out there a lot, um, but the last week out there was pretty hectic making making it all happen <laughs> i can imagine I, I saw some bits of it i think a video as well it lo- obviously you see it looks big and you're like okay define big but i think again we're in london so obviously some events are really big you yeah really right. great event. but i was looking at and again obviously if you haven't seen it but everything looked massive bigger it would look like yes. it was such a massive space yeah the scale of everything in dubai is like tenfold so it's a twenty-five thousand person event um like absolutely huge the space itself yeah the venue is is enormous like never seen anything quite like it and in terms of all the brands that get involved and stuff everyone likes to do it bigger and better out there for sure <laughs> it's kind of like a show is it, it is. like a show skills okay yeah, yeah, yeah mine's bigger mm. yeah it is it's just uh yeah it's a showy culture out there so i guess it's kind of like who can do the best be the best be the biggest i'm wondering uh again knowing your background which we might kind of tap into a bit if we may but what attracted you to work with them, to work with the guys? Obviously, you have the event background, so you know what you're getting yourself into, but it sounds yeah. like a very interesting, yet yeah, very demanding project. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, when I first started working in fitness events in London, uh, London was in a really cool place where it was just at the start of the kind of wellness boom, and um, there was a lot of room to influence the market. Um, and London has moved on an incredible amount in the last sort of five years, but Dubai is now back where London was when I first started. Um, so it just feels like a real opportunity to have influence there. They haven't really yet got the whole, you know, body positivity, body confidence, um, health for like your internal health rather than the kind of aesthetic health. So there's a lot of room to shape and mould the kind of messaging there um which is something that i want to do because i feel like globally the kind of london boom needs to happen really yeah that, that is very very true and i think as you said it's just we took a long time to understand the different elements of fitness and at the end of the day it's a lot of it is fitness and like when it comes to aesthetics it's mainly fitness more yeah. than nutrition or anything else and i think we as you said were pretty much at the forefront aside from obviously you go US and mm. you know there are obviously some buzzwords like self-love and so it kind of expanded and it's good that it's also in another culture because I would say that yeah like when it comes especially to its small little bubble London definitely expanded much more and much quicker yeah um, definitely I think the London fitness market is like the most unique in in the world like I mean the fact that it's London specific which is such a small city as opposed to the US where it's a much kind of more bigger generalized and um, kind of wellness scene but uh, a lot of countries from my experience this year working kind of globally are looking at London as an example of you know what we want to do across the rest of the world 
Can I ask you, I kind of related to this, I was thinking about, you know, make an impact, it's kind of like what we want to help people doing, obviously with their content and I guess with our message. Mm-hmm. So a message can come in so many ways, obviously events is a bit of a different uh, beast, I do them too, yeah. I, l- less <laughs> I of, <laughs> less, definitely fewer events, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering, as we said, we're kind of, I'm going to do quotation marks, privileged in London, where mm-hmm. we can say, okay, we got the basics, and as you say, we can look at, um, you know, diversity, we can look at inclusivity, and all these things. Uh, we can start with that. But I'm wondering, what if somebody wanted to, whether it's an event, or again, you also do some elements of social, and kind yeah, of like, right. obviously, right? But if somebody wanted to start making that sort of impact and starting to get their voice out there, outside of the bubble, because I'm thinking a lot of the time it's kind of like London centre, we talk about London, from people to London, people that live in London, and it's okay, but obviously we're big, don't get me wrong, there's loads of people in it. But obviously, especially my, you know, the community and the collective that we created, it's bigger, people that we all know. Right. You know, Manchester, even if you think just the UK, and I'm kind of wondering what, what do you think, this is more probably your opinion than anything else, but... How can people actually stand out in in places where there's not as much, obviously, opportunity, I guess? I think the, the main thing that I always say is that everyone is an influencer. And I don't really believe in the whole, like, influencer label because I actually think that so many people that I've met across the UK and, and across the world are influencers in their own right, whether they have a small group of, like, five best friends who are really following what they do or whether they have 30,000 followers on Instagram. Um, it's knowing that you have your own audience and your own kind of way to reach out and kind of communicating the messages, like following your own sort of brand message, I guess, through everything that you do in your own community. Um, I think this year there's been some great uh, movements in terms of events launching. I know that Live Well, who launched in London, are now launching in Manchester, which is I think is great. Um, seen on screen, one of my clients um, have launched School of SOS, which has gone all across the UK now. So they're doing classes in Liverpool, Manchester, uh, Edinburgh, they just launched. So all over the UK, which is kind of bringing that London fitness scene out to them. True. Um, and then you've got like your F45s who are franchising everywhere. So I think that there's more opportunity is growing. I think, um, I think it's been a bigger beast to tackle the rest of the UK and London's been kind of an easy way in for brands because it's already there but I think that a lot of brands and events and businesses are waking up now to the fact that there's so much more out there and so much more influence to be had outside of the city. I like just dropping the word influence again I like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes girl but it's true it's though. Influence. It's true though and like just to kind of piggyback on the idea of influence and by the way I do apologize because you would hear potentially a tiny bit of uh, the London sirens. I call them the London <laughs> sirens because it can be anything, but there's always a couple coming through, just in case. Um, but yeah, it's just thinking about the fact that, you know, influence is one thing, and now because of the association that we have with the word influencer, it has lost a bit of this demeanor, which is to me, it's kind of sad. And obviously, when we were doing the rebranding, we we're thinking about the word how to call our people. Mm. <sighs> That was more painful right. than the name. Yeah. Because you're like, <clears throat> influencer is a thing, but then obviously influencer marketing, it's his own type of marketing, so we can, can keep calling it that way, which yeah. is totally fine, but it defines people that maybe don't want to be defined as influencers anyway. Yeah, right. So we fell onto the creatives, mainly because all the people that we want to work and help are people that have a creative outlet yes. that helps them share their message. But I think we need to appreciate that some names like blogger, you can call yourself a blogger, influencer has been almost given before it was taken, if that makes yeah, sense. Right. You're an influencer, but nobody says, oh, I'm an influencer. Most people like, don't, don't call me influencer, and that's probably one yeah. of the reasons why we decided this like, 
let's give you know a different term that people can use that are quite proud of yeah definitely I think it's fascinating for sure. I, mean, I love the word influence because I think it is so important and like it as I say I think that I really believe that everyone needs to know their own personal influence and um know that they can have an impact make an impact uh, through their own audiences whatever they may be um, so I think it's really important but it's just I don't think it's all about your social following these days I think there's a lot more to it than that and I, and I guess that's where we as you say that's where we, sometimes we get stuck and I think and again coming back to this obviously talking about more the creatives but I think in general anyone who wants to put themselves out there have you seen because I know that you also work and collaborate have, have a relationship with some Influences. <laughs> it was like very big invested comments. Like right. Influences flowing down. Um, do you think that in a way the number, the, actually their audience, let's put it this way, number of followers, but their audience, the, the size of their audience, do you think that sometimes almost makes people a bit conscious? And like, oh, wow, my audience is not big enough. I don't know if I can do this. Or, or... Yeah, I think it definitely holds people back. Um, and I think that we've put too much focus on it really over the last um, sort of five years and um, I think for a while the industry really did idolise a high following and you know in terms of like brand associations and everything else it was what everyone wanted um, but now most of the brands that I work with if they are looking to work with influencers or people in the industry it's much more about how engaged that person's audience is how what they're doing to work directly with their audience and how credible what they're putting out there is really because you can have a hundred thousand plus followers but if you're not putting out credible content that's going to represent a brand or an event or whatever it might be right then I don't there's no point in kind of working together I think it has to the messaging has to be right for sure because as a partnership obviously you are or sponsorship whichever you want to call it obviously you're associating yourself with a brand but the brand is associating itself with you yes. so it kind of works both ways exactly. and I think sometimes we forget that I think yeah for sure and I also think the other thing that's come on a long way is people you know buying followers and all of that kind of stuff which certainly I've seen is a factor in Dubai it's something that actually is quite a big thing out there so you have to be quite careful because just because someone has a high number following doesn't half the time mean it's a genuine audience um, so you really kind of have to vet those those channels that you're using and see is the engagement there and is that an engaged community audience or is it just a following you know what it's kind of funny but the amount of tools more reliable because there was quite a few but the more reliable tools are coming out just to help you understand who your audience is yeah because again you can see obviously on instagram the basics and everywhere else you can see but I think, and this is obviously me, but from social media person to social media person, um, the fact that you can, most people, first of all, it's really tricky with Instagram, it's not like they don't want to delete an old account, but they just mm. forget about it, you just delete the app or whatever you do, Right. forget the account, and because I deleted um, an account that I used just to kind of almost save a name for the rebrand, and I wanted to delete it and I couldn't do it on my phone. I had to go on the login on the desktop yeah. to delete. They make like, it more complicated. And it sounds yeah. really silly, but obviously it's not in the interest of Instagram, which I think is also why sometimes your followers drop because you just delete inactive yeah. or unused accounts. But it doesn't happen as often if you scroll through a long time for us. But if you scroll through and check a couple of accounts, they were gone. Like, yeah. They were like poor last post in July 2016 and I'm like oopsie daisy so yeah, I don't think we remember that. I think that my slight concern about the way that it's gone in terms of Instagram and what they're now doing to sanction and to kind of change the algorithms and everything else is I don't think it's supportive of the little man so the small businesses that are just starting out in this space. I think it's 
the people that have kind of had the luck in the space of the people that came a while back, grew a following, built a brand, whatever it is, and have kind of already got that. Um, but anyone, entrepreneurs starting new businesses or bloggers starting new kind of small Instagram accounts aren't really being supported in growing those accounts because of the way that the algorithms and everything are kind of working against them. Do you think it's also a case, and again, here is marketer for, mar- for marketer, I guess, but an element of Instagram really wanting to make the money uh, from the small businesses and be like, if you want to get the spotlight, right. if you want to be seen, yeah. boost your post. It's only 20 quid. What, what, what can it be? Yeah, I think that's definitely the way that it's gone. And now that Facebook owns all of them, Instagram <laughs> owns everything. I can't even... <laughs> probably owns this room that we're sat in. <laughs> Facebook owns so much. Um, that, again, it all seems to come back to Facebook advertising budgets and, yeah, paid, certainly... Um, brands that are, are paying to promote posts are the ones that are increasing their followings through doing that. So, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the right way, but obviously for Facebook and Instagram's point of view, that's how they make the money. <laughs> exactly. I think the problem is obviously quantity over quality and quality over quantity is kind of like the catch-22 of obviously having as many users as possible because it's a massive database that they right. have. Uh, I'm trying not to geek out too much here because people will be like losing yeah. them, like, uh, <laughs> fab. Um, but it's true, like, the amount of data is invaluable for a tech startup, and obviously that helps. And um, you want also to get people engaged, and this is why they created the algorithm, which, whether you, as you say, mm. we like it or not, is trying to mimic human right. behaviors. Yes. That's kind of what it's yeah. doing. Obviously, sure. it does it in a way where it's trying to predict, and therefore it will hide some things because it thinks they're not going to be engaged with them and then yeah. if you're on the other end of the spectrum you're like i am the person that you're hiding what am i supposed to do right so that's that's the thing so in the element is almost trying to make a, a better experience for its users because of the sheer amount of content because mm. if you saw everything chronologically from everybody you follow yes if you for example like an, as an exercise dear listener you went to your phone and checked maybe like in a second you pause go to your phone and check how many people you follow it's different than what it used to be. Yeah, definitely. The amount of content that we push out is different than what it used to be. So it's just an element of the sheer amount of quantity that we yeah, have. Yeah, definitely. And I think everyone, brands, influencers, and everyone else <laughs> out there um, like need, needs to kind of change the way that they're working with content in order to keep up with it. Um, and that's kind of just a factor of... I mean, one of the pieces of advice that I've been giving to a lot of brands and also people working in the space is to move on to YouTube as well because um, I think that, as I say, with Facebook owning Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram and everything else, the problem with putting your whole business on that one channel or two channels is that you're then basically owned by that corporation. They have the right to take it away at any time. They have the right to change the algorithms at any time. And we've seen that in the last year, their kind of ability to do that. So I think spreading yourself out across these other channels, like YouTube is a great one um, because it's, you know, it's going in a great direction. It's a great way to build a community, um, really helps. I think you don't want to have your business, whether it's a personal brand or a, a big brand, all rely on one channel because it's just not safe anymore. <laughs> Preach! <laughs> you know how many years I've been saying this? Yeah. <laughs> and people are like, but you didn't need to tell me about Instagram. <clears throat> yeah, I, I used I, I, to. Probably get, is your problem as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I used to get backlash all the time of people being like, but Instagram's the place to be. And I'm like, mm, but there's other places to be to back yourself up to make sure that you're not got all your eggs in one basket. But I guess the question that you should, I mean, that's the question that at least I ask in our course, the question that I ask the students is like, 
what is your main goal realistically speaking right. if you had to like strip it down to the main goal that you have think about the brands that you work with as well maybe more than the you know the people that making profit maybe mm -hmm. working less time is one of the two being healthier or you know having a healthier life some more balance so it's one of three things money time or just better mental well-being right <laughs> it's kind of one or the other and obviously at the end of the day you know we're more attached to feelings and needs rather than i want to have a thousand instagram followers yeah you ask them why and then you go back to why 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 you go to the end and it's right. probably because i want to make money out of it great you can make it can be one avenue for you as you say to make money how can you create something as you say that is yours mm -hmm. that can sustain that something yeah. else that can support you as you say the diversifying most of the times we just don't ask people the right question or we don't ask ourselves the right questions because you're right that's what I get as well, like Instagram. Yeah. But then why do you want to be on Instagram? Yeah, right. I completely agree. And I also think, again, the industry has kind of glamorized this whole Instagram social media influencer thing um, over the past few years. And I mean, I work with, so whether we call them influencers or not, loads of amazing talent in this industry um, who are brilliant and are really like working hard to put their message out. And these guys work hard. I mean, yes. they are not just getting paid to go and stay in five-star hotels and post about them on Instagram. They are running businesses, personal training on the side, um, you know, teaching classes at various gyms across London. They're doing all of it while having this big following. So I think there's a misconception among kind of up-and-coming um, bloggers, influencers, whatever it may be, that it's a way to get an easy ride and a paid for life. And it really isn't like there's very few people that are living that kind of side of, of the social media world. And even if they are, I think, again, they're too high risk because they're relying too much on channels that might yeah. not be there in 10 years time. Yeah, basically, you're, you're building your brand on another brand. You're okay. not building your brand on the foundation of your own um, as you say, your own product. Even exactly. if you are your own product, you're still using it through me through media that you don't really control. That's yeah. why. That's why I say, like for me, obviously the, the most basic thing, and everybody who is a member of the collective will know that I always talk about the email list. Get an email list. That's always oh, say that people like, for fuck's sake, fab, shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> but it's true. It's it just is. you own the data. Unless you build a new yeah. app, don't get me wrong. You build a new app or a new membership, great. You got still data. Yeah. But there are a couple of ways that you can actually hold on to data. Obviously, YouTube also helps, but again, you can always argue it's another. Yeah. So thinking whatever you can own that is as yours as possible, whichever data is just people that are they have committed to you that you can get back to because they are they were willing to give you that information. Yeah. Absolutely. Realistically speaking, you don't get that data from anywhere else. From our side, um, in across every event I've ever worked on, email marketing has always been the strongest tool for you know every every goal that you have as an events business. Um, email marketing has been the kind of core community, um, and that data has been like invaluable across everything we've done. So I think like doing newsletters, providing really engaging content. Um, which I know you guys do loads of, that kind of continuous content going out. Um, podcasts, again, is also a great way of doing it, but just kind of keep give, keeping people engaged and giving back to that data and that community rather than just selling to them, essentially. Can I ask you, actually, I'm, I'm curious, because I think I know the answer, but obviously the expert. Would you say also that, because I know a lot of people are wondering about this, being in events that obviously use what is the challenge the challenge the channel that's the one what is the channel got it wrong uh, that you think works best when it comes to 
getting people to take action. Put it this way, selling tickets. Selling or, tickets. Because I want to. Th- I want people to think right now what they think it is, and then I want to hear the answer because okay, it's kind of interesting <laughs> to see yeah. what people perceive nowadays when it comes to like, oh, I want to sell tickets. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because it's, I sure. think it's one of the simplest call to actions you can have. Yeah. It's one ticket, bam, but definitely. Um, so if everyone's done thinking, definitely number one is email, 100%. So it's absolutely, whether it's your own database or really like good target um, partner databases um, that are really relevant to your demographic, e- single emails have always like sold the most tickets across every event that I've ever worked on. Um, and then second to that is social media, and that's a mix of paid social advertising um, I mean, we've worked with certain partners in the past and um, certain really credible people in the industry who have such an engaged audience on social media that they can do a post and sell a yeah. load of tickets, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, for those, that it's absolutely great, those audiences that they've built. But the foundation is an email database. And I would always kind of say that it's something that a brand needs to grow for themselves before they launch into the kind of events world. I was going to say, actually, because I think as a personal brand, almost you kind of think it about a bit more because you think you have content to yeah. share. But then some people, for example, if they are creative, but not necessarily as constant or they don't want to push their Instagram. A lot of people think, well, why, why would I create a newsletter? Why would I create a database mm. if I'm not a blogger? That's usually what I get. Like, If people are bloggers, right. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to share the content. It's fine. But I'm thinking because you also work, obviously, with the brands yeah. or realistically speaking uh, most of the time don't have the time or the capacity to actually create a proper content calendar it's, yeah it's a lot of time and energy <laughs> how, how, how do you get to the convincing part of it that you like maybe you should still have a way to capture emails do you get to that conversation every so I think data capture is so important because it's keeping the, the communication lines open from the point when you first meet someone or introduce them to your brand through to when they become your loyal customer um, so Posting on social media is one thing because of the algorithms and everything else. The same audience might not see that post recurring, um, yeah. and there's a very good chance they'll miss that post. Um, emails, giving people information and kind of putting that content out there is going to keep engaging people time and time again, and it builds loyalty and community because they're going to keep coming back. They're going to expect that email in their inbox every week or every fortnight or whatever it is. Um, and then I think there's more credibility behind email in that they're then going to engage with the, the content that you're putting out, understand your brand messaging, because a social media post is one thing, but a full newsletter with blog posts coming out of it and everything else gives you a chance to really read the story and the why behind that brand. Um, and once you engage with that, I think you're more likely to then re-engage with that brand and eventually want to engage to a level, whether it's buying tickets to an event or going to you know, fitness classes or whatever it might be, but kind of building a loyalty around that brand and understanding why they do what they do. Um, the other thing I think is really important, and a lot of the brands that I work with, I kind of encourage them to do is tell their founder story as well, because it's something that really helps me. I mean, I would engage with a brand much more if I really understand who's behind that brand and then it's not a massive sort of faceless corporation. It's a woman in business who's really trying to like push her message and and is passionate about what she does like the founders of many of the brands that I work with. Um, So I think it's it's telling, making brand owners understand that they have an opportunity to communicate the full story of why they do what they do and the kind of passion behind the brand rather than just the product that they're selling. 
and social media is a starting point to that, but email, newsletters, blogs is where you can really tell that story. Another question now, pa pa pa. Again, because I noticed that too, but I want to see where, because we're kind of like, by the way, I'm nodding because I'm agreeing on to everything she's saying, because uh, I'm kind of like doing the trick questions, but I know you're going to say the answer that I like, so yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not pointing a gun at her, by the way. She's <laughs> 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 I think it's like, yes, Rachel, that's really good. I'm feeling the energy, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be nice. Um, but no, what I was wondering when it comes to this is, obviously we said, <clears throat> Content, longer term stories, yes, massive fan of stories, obviously, founder stories even more so. But this is probably me talking about mental health, well-being, mm. balance, call them all as you want. I think we've seen probably in the last two or three years, content overload, like yeah. all the content everywhere, all the time, all the things. How are you seeing things starting to change or is this we're still going to be like constantly creating stuff for free all the time? I know that brands maybe are a bit more selective because there's so many other things to do. But I think when you are creative, that's half of your brand is just creating stuff. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering whether you are seeing also in your clients, people that you work with, a bit of a more awareness and kind of a shift in direction instead of like constantly flowing giving everything for free in content creation. Um, yeah, I think that certainly that bringing it back to the events industry, I think that there's been a positive turn in this. I think that um, a lot of people were giving kind of their advice over and over again to returning audiences at various events for free. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, kind of... Um, putting seeing more value in what they bring and the expertise that they have because I mean for anyone that's content creating whether it's podcasts whether it's newsletters whether it's going and speaking at events um, these people have really valuable insight that people want to get and and maybe have had too much out there for free in the past um, but I think what's great about the fitness industry is it's such a collaborative community and so what I tend to see and what I encourage from my clients is people will create content to support another brand and then they'll get it back in the other way and yes. equally it helps everyone build the kind of fitness community audience around so it's really a fine line like I think there's very few things in terms of content creation that you can really charge for these days because mm -hmm. that's just what we've built but equally from doing that we're building communities that eventually become profitable you know money money monetizing opportunities um so i think that it's a fine line i think people need to know their worth and i think where you put the time and energy because as business founders we only have so much time as we all know <laughs> that is very and true even when we've grown teams they only have so much time um so it's really i think it's about balance it's making sure that you're engaging a community you're putting enough out there that you're really telling your story um and you know giving people what they want to see from your brand but equally you're also focusing on on your goals as a brand and where you need to be and you're putting the right value on everything that you're delivering 100 and also i think especially when it falls into the personal brand then when you have the extra element of but if there's also part of representing my life in whichever way professional right. life sorry more environmental factors <laughs> i'm back uh, so whether it was personal life or professional life, because it's a personal brand, you also don't want to be true to the brand, using the word authentic with inverted comments, but you want to be true to yourself and be like, if I am advocating 
um, rest and yeah. that the last thing I want to do is just like doing photo shoots at 10 p.m. on a Saturday. Yeah, this is a hard one. Like, this is something that I've actually always really struggled with because I'm very much out there in the industry um, for everyone to see, and I want to be credible and real and kind of tell the story that it is actually really hard being a founder, being a business owner being a service provider for other clients and everything else it's it's a lot and you we are all everyone i know in this industry is working very late is not necessarily <laughs> prioritizing rest and at times not even prioritizing wellness like i mean ultimately we've all been guilty of you know skipping the gym mindfulness whatever it is in favor of work time and time again because we're working so hard to grow this kind of fitness community and um, so i think it's it's a tough one i think that you should you don't have to be i think we need to take the pressure off that you have to be representing wellness all the time because no one in this industry is like <laughs> like let's be honest there's everyone loves it and they're here for a reason because they have a passion for it um but we're not perfect by any means and I, we're not all you know resting meditating eating healthy all the time and then doing the right amount of work in the day and getting a full night's sleep at night. It's just, it's not possible. Yeah, definitely not every day. <laughs> but I think that the, actually the worst thing for our mental well-being is the pressure that we have to be like that. So from my side, I sort of made a conscious decision to just take that pressure off and, you know, not try and be wellness all the time. <laughs> just <laughs> dip in and out and, you know, I'm passionate about it and that's what I put out there. Um, so yeah, I think that we all need to give each other a break, really, and like the whole pressure thing of trying to be perfect all the time and trying to look perfect and trying to communicate your messages across social media all the time on your personal and on your professional. I think it's a bit much for, for us to kind of handle from a mental well-being point of view. That's a really good conversation that I think is just going to get stronger, which I'm really yeah. excited about. Yeah, I think we definitely. forget that you know, like in a world where most of most people are either freelancing creating a business, working for themselves, uh, you know, splitting between different remote jobs. It doesn't really matter. We're still very much wired in yeah. professionally and personally. So it's good that we can actually find that way to be honest with ourselves. Even, yeah. I mean, not screw everyone else, but put yourself first in that way and be like, not even others, but be honest with yourself. What makes you feel? Yeah, totally. I think, um, I mean, certainly it's a, the, I run the business, The Well Connect, but I'm servicing other clients. And nine times out of ten, the Well Connect Instagram won't get posted on because I'm putting prioritizing those other clients and everything that I'm working on. And and I think that's okay. Like I used to make such a thing of that in my head, but actually, I, we only have so much time. We can only do so much. And um, yes. so as long as you're being true to the brand and what you're doing and looking after yourself and your clients and whoever else you're working with, I think it's all you can do. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. <laughs> so. I have the last question. Yeah. The hardest one. Oh, God. All right. Ready? <laughs> okay. I'm ready. <laughs> She's looking at the door now. <laughs> it's like with one eye, like, psh, psh, every so often. Um, if you could have brunch with anyone, oh. dead or alive, oh my gosh. <laughs> who would this person be? I know, right? Wow. <laughs> who would um, this elusive person be? That is such a good question. <clears throat> there is literally so many. <laughs> She's going to um, have an event for her lunch. <laughs> it's going to be a brunch event with like 70 people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone that um, I'm actually newly fascinated by is actually uh, Bonnie Parsons, who's the founder of uh, Scene on Screen, which is one of my clients, introduced me to um, this uh, female politician in the US who's like, I think she was like one of the youngest women to get into Congress. Um, she's known as AOC, mm -hmm. Alexandria Cor 
Ocasio-Cortez, I never say that yeah. right, um, but since Bonnie introduced me to it, and again, this is just babes supporting babes, passing on each other um, information, uh, I've been doing so much research into her and like watching her Netflix uh, documentary, which is called Knock Down the House, I think, which mm-hmm. is really fascinating. And I think I'd, someone like that, I would love to just take for brunch and just like really talk about the ins and outs of, you know, US, UK, um, politics, everything that's going on and the kind of role of women within that. So I think from that side, I mean, in addition to that, you know, Michelle Obama, I would love to take out. Uh, who else have got? Oprah, absolutely. Oprah's like one of my, one of my soul inspirations. I love it. Um, so yeah, basically just like, Badass feminist women. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That you got ready four of you guys. That yeah. sounds, that sounds lovely. I love it. Um, but yeah, that is a hard question because there's a lot. <laughs> For sure, I'd, I could write you a whole list. I so you've restricted yourself. Is that what you're trying to say to yeah, me? Yeah, I have. Yeah, there's many more. I've already given you three, and you only asked for one. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's right. Over oh, delivering, I like that. I like that. There's way more for sure that I could. Um, but yeah. A good question. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much Should've for being with that me. One. Now that's the beauty. You don't want to prepare for it. You want to see what comes up because people actually think. Somebody literally looked at me, panicked once, and like, I can't think of anyone. Literally, I can't think of anyone. And I was just like, it's okay. <laughs> and then somebody came up. It's one or two. Either you get everybody in your head, or nobody, and then something pops up. Yeah, right. Point. So, yeah, so true. It's, it's better this way. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you so much for being of with course. me today. Thank you for having chat. me. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check our show notes for more juicy goodness about this episode. If you loved it, please take some time to give us five stars on iTunes. And make sure that you let us know your ha-has and takeaways on Instagram at creativeimpactco. Also, you can find out more about us on our website at creativeimpact.group. <laughs>